Welcome back, folks. It is truly a blessing to have you here with us. And throughout this season, we've been taking a journey together and looking at some of the qualities God has revealed of himself in Scripture. And the Bible speaks of an attribute of God which he graciously gives to some for the good of his creation. It is a quality which he alone defines and one foreign to humanity. Needless to say, its presence within man is the result of God alone having given it. I'm speaking, of course, of the love of God. I'm Pastor Will Hunsaker, and you are listening to Brand of Man, building one disciple at a time for the cause of Christ, not through the agencies of man, but by the grace of God. Let us pray. Lord, our God, creator of all things, we request your wisdom, Father, to guide us in knowing the love you have revealed of yourself in Scripture. We pray in the holy name of Jesus Christ that we gain this knowledge to the glory of you alone. Amen. So love is a word which carries a significant amount of presupposition. I'm sure you all would agree. In other words, we automatically apply certain thoughts when we use the word love. Thoughts often associated with feelings and emotion of romanticism or sensation. This is where we must take great care when we read the biblical definition of God's love. Because the Greek language utilizes several words to describe different types of love. Whereas in English, we typically use only one. This is where a distortion of God's love can easily corrupt a proper biblical perspective of him. Love, either attributed to or coming from God, is, de is defined in New Testament scripture with the Greek word agape. Now, there is another Greek word used to define love in scripture. It's called phileo, and this identifies a, a love share between friends. However, only agape, and those two words, by the way, are the only Greek words used to, def to define love in Scripture, agape and phileo. But only agape is used to define the love of God. Now, with this understanding, agape is the divine affection of God. Now, it seeks to provide good without any condition. It is sacrificial. And it is the foundation for all other forms of love, which God has provided through his common grace. It was the Apostle John in his first epistle who actually stated, God is love, agape love. 1 John chapter 4, verse 8. So what John is saying here, God's love as with any of his attributes, helps us to know who God is. There's no need for God to acquire agape love, nor is there any way to stimulate his love. It's simply part of everything he does. It's everything he is, as it is with all of his attributes. Now, it's important to, for us to remember, no one of God's attributes stands alone. It doesn't operate in a vacuum. Thus, God is not just love. He is a holy, infinite love full of grace and mercy. None of God's attributes cancels out the other. They all operate together in perfect harmony, infinitely. Now, 
take care here with the knowledge God is love. Because not all love is God. It is a critical error often made by those who lack the proper biblical perspective of God. So it was a guy named Rudolf Boltman, a prominent Lutheran theologian, actually, who stated the sentence, God is love, cannot be reversed to read love is God. Essentially, what Boltman was getting at is the love of God, this agape love, is distinct to only him and other forms of love, which involve worldly feelings and sensation, do not automatically equate to a divine experience. For example, a parent may love their children unconditionally, but not all children. So there's a condition there, a familial tie, a bloodline. The Greek word for that kind of love is called storge, never used in scripture. Or one might love their friend, and, and wish them nothing but good, but not just anyone, only their friend. The Greek word for that is phileo. We covered that. It's friendly love, brotherly love. Again, friends are acquired typically by sharing common interests, a condition. Or a wife may have a romantic affection to her husband, hopefully, but she does not share the same attraction for all men. The Greek word for that is called eros. The point here is love in any form other than agape is not an attribute of God. Now, this is significant to a correct biblical perspective of God. Therefore, when a person is afforded the ability to agape, it comes only from God. Now, what is the purpose of God's love? That's the real point here. The most prominent way God exercises his love, his agape, is directed towards mankind. Let me read you a section uh, of John's first epistle. John says, Beloved, let's love one another, for love is from God. And everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. The one who does not love does not know God, because God is love. By this, the love of God was revealed in us, that God has sent his only Son into the world so that we might live through him. In this is love. Not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his Son to be the propitiation, the atonement or appeasement for our sins. Beloved, if God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. 1 John chapter 4, verses 7-11 through 11. Every mention of love in those verses uses the word agape. Agape is used well over 200 times in Scripture. One of John's distinctive points from these verses is this agape love, the one that is expected among Christians, comes only from God himself. It's a gift by his grace. He says, for love is from God. 1 John chapter 4, verse 7. It is a love that is foreign to us. 
and only comes to us from regeneration through the Spirit and is displayed as a product of this embodiment. Paul writes this to the Galatians, but the fruit of the Spirit is love. Again, the word used to describe love, to define it, is agape. That's Galatians five, chapter 5, verse 22. In John's epistle, he would go on to say this, And everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. The one who does not love does not know God, because God is love. 1 John chapter 4, verses 7 and 8. This is why agape is often referred to as Christian love. Not just any love, but agape love of God. This is very comforting news to anyone in doubt about their salvation. How is a Christian to know without any doubt that they are saved? What's the proof? When asked how do believers have the assurance of their salvation, it was R.C. Sproul, fantastic theologian, who responded this way. If one has the ability, and this is in regards to what John wrote, if one has the ability in some way to love God, placing him at the center of all thought and the purpose of all life, then they can be assured of their salvation. The unregenerate person is unable to do that because they have not been provided agape love by the grace of God. R.C. Sproul. John said, everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. The love described there is agape. 1 John chapter 4, verse 7. It is his love, not ours. John continues, By this, the love of God was revealed in us, that God has sent his only son into the world so that we may live through him. 1 John chapter 4, verse 9. Folks, Agape love is revealed to only those who believe. It is not found in the flesh, nor in the world. It is holy. Its origin is ancient. It is the wellhead from which all other love flows. It is not sticky sweet. It is not magical or mystical. It is divine. It is sacrificial. It focuses always on the greatest good, and its greatest display is seen in the sacrifice of the Christ Jesus. But you know what? The death and resurrection of Jesus did not only show God's divine love for us, but it also obligated us to show that same love to each other. All who believe, all who believe, stand on equal ground before the cross of Christ. No one, and I mean no one, can stand at the base of that cross, look up, see God's love on full display, and go back to life as it was. From John, in this is love. Not that we loved God but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins. Beloved, if God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. 
1 John chapter 4, verses 10 and 11. One of the greatest challenges of living a, a life pleasing to God is displaying that life for others to see. As a result, non-believers view believers with an eye of skepticism, and rightly so, because our outward expressions do not match our inner commitment. But this condition has been around since the first century, since the fall of man, really. And Paul addressed it in the first century in his letter to the Romans. It clearly indicates that it was there and alive, this condition of man. In Romans 12, Paul provides some significant practical advice for believers to follow in living a life pleasing to God. How does Paul begin? He begins with agape. He says this, Love must be free of hypocrisy. Detest what is evil. Cling to what is good. Be devoted to one another in brotherly love. Give preference to one another in honor not lagging behind in diligence, fervent in spirit, serving the Lord, rejoicing in hope, preserving even in tribulation, devoted to prayer, contributing to the needs of the saints, practicing hospitality. Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse. Rejoice with those who rejoice and weep with those who weep. Paul provided a loose set of traits for genuine Christian love, agape. Display of God's love must be genuine. It cannot be used for show. It must adamantly reject anything that which is in opposition to God's will. When believers care for one another with an eye for only what is good, genuine Agape is displayed when believers are passionate, persistent, and careful in the cause of Christ. Genuine agape is displayed when believers are joyful in God, not just believing in God, but believing God, especially in difficult times. Genuine agape is displayed when believers are dedicated in prayer to the one true God. Genuine agape is displayed. When believers show mercy to others, especially those who harm them, genuine agape is displayed. God's love, my friends, is not something we can distort. It is holy. It is eternal. It is full of grace and mercy. And he gives it freely to all who believe with the expectation that we love one another as he loves us. Thank you for listening. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. May the Lord lift up his countenance on you and give you peace. Amen. If you've enjoyed listening to this episode of Brand of Man, we would like to continue having you here with us. Please subscribe. 
as we will continue to proclaim the sovereign power of God through his many attributes. We will bring glory to God alone in all things and continue to bring you biblical truths each and every week. God bless you all. Next week on Brand of Man, we will discuss another attribute of God as God is just. <laughs>